football, baby. What time it is. It is Thursday. It is 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock Eastern, which means that it can mean one thing and one thing only. It is time for the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast, and I am your host, Dustin Blanton. My co-host, Travis, is still away on a vacation. Travis, I hope you're doing well. He's probably going to tune into the show and listen. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening as well. Today, though, we're kind of we're kind of changing it up, okay? We're not just going to strictly talk the NFL. I have uh, with me today, I have a guest that knows his stuff about the NFL and the college ranks as well. And you know, if you've listened to the show before, how much I love talking Debbie and the college football game as well. I am joined today by... Felix Sharp from Campus to Canton. He is none other than the Secretary of Propaganda for Campus to Canton. And you can catch him on the Better Network now every or on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Felix, thank you so much for joining me. How are you, sir? I appreciate you having me on. Um, I like just talking football. Today is Thursday. It is the real start of the college football season week one, we've got games going on right now as we're recording. You're putting me to shame with your professional setup and microphone. Uh, I admire it. Yeah, you know, one day when I grow up, I want to be like you. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. You know, you know, you're, it's it's not like you look bad. You still look great. Like, what do you get out of here? Uh, but I appreciate the compliment, man. Um, just to give some backstory to everybody, you know, I was just telling Felix off. Uh, off air before we started the show that Felix was actually the first person that I reached out to when uh, when I was even thinking about getting into content creation and in the whole fantasy football space and he was gracious enough to share with me some stuff that he was studying at the time and you know a couple of quick conversations you know, it, here we are it's and we should encourage other people it's really like an outlet like you have this in you where you want to talk about something and you might do it with at the office with your friends but you want to get it out there and I think what I told you is, is just set up a microphone and start talking and feel how therapeutic it is to get that out to actually to, you know, to talk about this, this thing that you want to talk about, but then to create, um, we are, you, we are made to create. And so, um, yeah, if anybody wants to start a podcast out there, you can reach out to me, man, but it doesn't take that much. Yeah. Just get a microphone no. and start talking. Get him, man. I swear, uh, you know, you mentioned the camera and the microphone. It did not start out like this. <laughs> uh, go back and listen to our first shows. It is far from this. Um, but no, man, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, like you said, people can reach out to anyone, especially when you got friendly guys like you in the in the industry who are just willing to chat and give some advice. So, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, you want, or if you just want to talk football with your friends, grab a microphone and talk about it. Um, but while we're doing that, just thing or just that thing, talking football, um, Felix, I've got some questions for you, man. Um, like I brought up in the intro, 
I don't get the chance to talk college football much. You know, my co-host Travis, he's a, he's a he's a whiz at fantasy football. He loves the NFL. He's he's all about it. Um, but you happen to be in a unique situation where you're part of Campus Canton, who has a has a foot in each realm here. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward to kind of picking your brain. The first question oh, yeah. I have to ask you though is, do you prefer college or do you prefer the NFL? I do prefer college over the NFL, and one of the main reasons is because I feel like the unknown in college and predicting that unknown is so much fun, so exhilarating. In the NFL, I mean, your top three, five quarterbacks or so, that's going to be the same for the next, you know, five to ten years. Josh Allen, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. I mean, they're going to be Lamar Jackson. They're going to be right there. But in college, like the – the uh, characters in the story change every single season. And so we get to track these player journeys and, you know, we get to do our job as quote unquote analyst to predict, you know, who are going to be these guys that become fantasy relevant either in college or the NFL. And so it feels good when you are looking at a freshman or, uh, you know, someone going into their, their freshman year and saying that's a person that has an NFL future and then being right or being, you know, drastically right. wrong on it either totally way wrong. is, 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 is a lot of fun. And, you know, we've got the, the uh, XFL and all these spring football leagues that people are right. trying to bring out. What we really need to do is like, just turn our attention towards college football. If yeah. you want yeah. to, you know, expand your fantasy game, then you should try campus to can. You should try campus can. I guarantee you, you know, in those January, February months when you're doing freshman drafts, you won't be bored and you still get the NFL dynasty aspect of the game. That's right. That's right. Man, I'm glad you brought that up because fantasy was kind of how I learned about not. I mean, I'm a Bears fan, you know, so I started off just being a Bears fan. Then as I started to play fantasy, that's how I grew my knowledge of, you know, every other team and all the other players. And I think that's a common theme once people start playing fantasy. You know, I consider myself an average college fan. So getting just looking at the concept of campus again, it's fairly new, you know, and, you know, um, at least at least to me. And I think that's why I'm so interested. And I'm so glad that you agreed to come on the show, because we don't have um, a lot of people who at least that I talk to who are doing both. And I'm really excited for people to, to give that a shot and to have them uh, develop that much of a growing interest in that sport. They are the same sport, but it kind of feels different, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, from regionality to offensive schemes to, like, just the size of players in different conferences, it is right. different. But the, the thing that's fun about Campus to Canton, that it will help you be, become a, fan, a better NFL fantasy player because you will know these names. People in Campus right. to Canton leads – knew who Scott Moore was two years ago. You know, we knew who Zach Wilson was. Some of these G5 guys that are, are coming in. Wandale Robinson, we tracked his his uh, recruiting from being a, a top-ranked dual-threat running back to being right. used into kind of a running back uh, wide receiver role at Nebraska. And then when he was tr- transferred to UK and was used primarily as like a, a slot wide receiver. So, um, right. y- you, you, you're not in, you know, it sounds like it's, it's, a lot to digest, but you're just bad at first, and then you get better. I was bad sure. at first in my. I'm still bad. I'm I still bad. But that. I'm still bad. But you get to to 
practice this craft of scouting and evaluating talent. And it's just right. so much more fun because you have action. When, when, you're, what, when you're playing NFL fantasy, mm-hmm. you got action on Monday night, primarily Sunday. Right. And when you're doing playing camps to can, you have action on sometimes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then obviously the NFL on Sunday. So it's um I yeah. I just it's it's my favorite format and that's why we started the website because sure. we thought that yeah. there was a, the potential for growth here. Hmm. Yeah. And there is. There's a ton of potential, especially when you get into, you know, the finer details of Campus to Canton. So Campus to Canton, um if people aren't aware, you know, the concept is that you have a college roster and an NFL roster. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously. Um, but when when guys are on your college roster, once they, you know, declare as eligible, you can ha- you can choose what – can you choose to bring them over to your NFL roster? Yeah, so the way it works is, is if you play Dynasty, just think of Dynasty that extends into the college ranks. So you have a college team and an NFL team. You sc- – it's not like Debbie where you just place these players on the taxi squad. There are two, cha- there's an NFL championship in the league and you play NFL dynasty fantasy oh, okay. football. And there's you. a college championship. So you can start B. John Robinson and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba, or, you know, Dar- Jamar Chase when he was at LSU, you're starting them right. every week and they're accumulating points. And when those players declare for the NFL draft, they're just added to your NFL team. And so you get to actually be first on a player. And you that's why it's called cool. Campus to Canton, because you right. have them for the balance of their college and uh and uh NFL career. You can't. That's a, hmm. that, okay, that's cool. I like that. I like that. I definitely yeah. plan on taking the dive. So uh I'm I'm gonna be hitting you up for Campus to Canton.com is the website. Campus the number two Canton.com. That's right. That's right. Now we can get into some specific players because we'll start. I w- we'll talk college. Um, obviously, you've got the the guys at the top. You mentioned some games going on. Um, I'm a big Notre Dame fan as well. We're taking on Ohio State, and oh, yeah. I uh, I look. I don't know what to expect from this game. I I really don't. But there are a lot of stars on the offensive side of the ball um, who will probably be seeing some first round draft capital next year. Um, who are a few names that we can kind of introduce the, um, you know, the audience here to who maybe they haven't heard of and could be seeing them in the 2023 draft class? Well, I mean, for that Ohio state Notre Dame game, there's, I I don't know how many can I count at least three first round (laughs) draft picks. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, three first round draft picks in the 2023 class that they've, there's more first round draft picks in that, in that game, Always, but, um, Michael Mayer, a tight end from Covington Catholic right here uh, near uh, uh, Louisville in, in Kentucky. Um, uh, you know, the big tight end, move shifty player, probably be a Absolutely. top 20 pick. C.J. Stroud is a potential number one overall pick at quarterback. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba, the uh, slot wide receiver there at, at Ohio State, very, very productive. He's yeah. probably going to be a top 30-ish. I don't think I'm as high as – consensus is on Jackson Smith and Jigba um, because he is used primarily as a slot wide receiver there. Um, But I mean, there, there are three, there are three in that game. And then if you want to throw in some like dark horses, particularly in that game, I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of Chris Tyree. Chris Tyree, the running back for, for Notre Dame ran a four, two, a four, two, three, 40 coming out of high school. 
Right. It's absolute, that's absolutely ridiculous. He has uh, a lot of athleticism. And Notre Dame, now they're healthy now, but lo, lo, Notre Dame's yeah. uh, running back depth chart took some hits in the spring and in the fall. And so there were injuries there. It was looking like um, like Chris Tyree was going to be the primary back. He probably still is, but they've gotten a little bit healthier. The other thing about right. Notre Dame's backfield is that first-time starter Tyler Buckner is yes. one of should be one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country. Now he hasn't started on a full time basis since 2018 when he was in in high school, but in that sophomore wow. season, yes, his sophomore season, he ran for 1500 yards and showed um, okay. elite athle- elite athleticism. And so um, uh, he's going to be the starter. I have questions about his arm talent overall. But when you have right. a dual threat quarterback like that, that player is going to open up. He occupies uh, linebackers. And so that opens holes for your running back. Chris Tyree, if he is deployed as the primary back, he could have just as good uh, just as good a, a season as I'm forgetting his name, who was drafted by, by the Rams uh, last year. So in that sure. game – yeah, in in, yeah, in that Williams? game, yes, Kyron Williams, Ky- Kyron Williams, he, he could be as productive as Kyron Williams uh, was last year. So in that game, um, those are probably the main players that I'm looking forward to. But I didn't even say Travion Henderson's name, who right. is twenty twenty four guy, uh, Reggie yeah. Bush, and and Marvin Harrison Jr., who who's like his Ooh. father was on um, Bruce Feldman's freak list, I believe, at number two. Bruce Feldman's top freak list that's released every year. He's number two. Moves like his father, but in a six-foot-three, six-foot-four, 210-pound frame. So, um, Unbelievable. It's going to be a a, a really exciting game. That's that's, – there are a lot of – 2023 draft picks in that right. class on the you know the skill position players a lot of players that we are going to be taking in fantasy drafts at some point down the line oh for sure for sure um i mean speaking of guys you know teams that produce you know talent at the nfl level i i feel like i would be remiss if i if i didn't mention alabama you know lately in the last few years they've produced some fantasy relevant um running backs even um so I mean, that's always kind of been their thing. I feel like, you know, lately it's been wide receivers as well. Um, one of the guys that I want to bring up, though, because, you know, the first guy that you gave me advice on when we first talked was Jameer Gibbs from uh, his freshman year. You told me about this kid who reminded you of Aaron Jones. And <laughs> yeah. you know what? He runs like Aaron Jones, and he plays a lot like him, has a lot of the same skills. And now he just happens to find himself as a transfer to Alabama this year. You know, he could be a you know top two round pick. And can you tell me some more about him and maybe some other uh, sleeper picks? Um, you know, in the college ranks that we could be seeing on Sundays as well. Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I actually wouldn't even call Jameer Gibbs a sleeper. I think that no, he is not, going not to Alabama. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to Alabama in attempt to get first round draft capital. And I think that between wow. he and Bijan Robinson, that that's very much in the cards. Bijan Robinson has, you know, 220 pounds, has all the athleticism. Right. He kind of looks like Saquon Barkley. But the thing about right. Jameer Gibbs, he's probably the best pass catcher that we've seen since Christian McCaffrey. Very really? stick, very sticky hands, but also very precise in his route 
running out of the backfield. Now, we haven't seen him line up in the slot or outside a lot. He has done it some, but hasn't done anything you know extensive out there like Aaron Jones. As a matter of fact, I think I have a tweet probably from from Jameer Gibbs freshman year yeah. showing showing Jameer Gibbs run the same routes as yeah. Aaron Jones side by That's side. That's what you so, sent me. Absolutely. The wheel routes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So he is the most dynamic player out of the backfield, in my opinion, that we again that we've seen since probably Christian McCaffrey. But he pairs That's that incredible. with this slashing, bursty running style like mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. Now the problem is is Jameer Gibbs might be 195 pounds. He might be 200 pounds. He's listed as 200 pounds on Alabama's oh, website. That's a potential. That's a potential issue. But sure. he should have an explosive season for Alabama, given that they lost John Mechie. They lost. Right. Um, uh, uh, oh shoot. Uh, um, they lost Jamison Williams. Right. And all of their wide receiver positions, they're either transfers or first-time starters. Well, Jameer right. Gibbs has already been. A, a very good player, and I I think with what they've lost on offense, Jameer Gibbs is going to be the focus because of everything that he can do out of the backfield in the receiving game. And so, again, sure. I think that he, he is going to or he's attempting to elevate himself into the first round. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a whole, you know, yeah, five minutes yeah, or whatever can, on Jameer Gibbs. You right. also asked I, about sl- yes, sleepers. About sleepers. Yeah, absolutely sleepers so i mean i don't know how deep we want to go with sleepers chris tyree was actually one of my sleepers at the running back position Love that. Uh, at uh, another one another name to keep track of is Dwayne mcbride out of uab a 215 okay. ish pound thumper between the tackles bursty guy last year I think people know that georgia had one of the um uh the best defenses that we've ever seen um right. This G5 running back, Dwayne McBride, had the second most, the second most rushing yards uh, against against Georgia. Wow. That's very, very impressive. Um, he's sure. had, I just I just it just got an alert that he's injured. He and he's not playing oh, no. this week. No. But he's a player. He's not playing this week. But uh, he's a player that a lot of right. people are high on. So I would keep track of him. Sure. Okay. At the that, at the quarterback yeah. position, at the quarterback position, love the. Quarterback I like Cameron position. Ward. Cameron Ward okay. at uh, Washington State. He's a transfer, an F, an F, uh, CS transfer. Incarnate Ward to Washington State. They bring over his head coach, who's going to be uh, Washington State's um, uh, offensive coordinator. Who Got the learned connection. under Mike Leach, Cliff Kingsbury, when Patrick Mahomes was oh. at Texas Tech. Okay. And so this is a guy who has like some sidearm ability. You know he. <sighs> He's kind of a, a, a fun playground type, running right. around the backfield and five people open. There's questions about whether or not he has any deep accuracy. But when we talk about sleepers, sure. we know that Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud are probably the number one and, sure. and two quarterbacks in this class. The question right. is really who's number three. There are right. a lot of guys that can get is that it? spot. Anthony yeah. Richardson out of Florida. Right. Tyler Levis. Van Dyke out of Miami. I don't think it's going to be Will Levis. You don't think so? I don't think it's going to be Will Levis. <laughs> I, have quite, I, don't, I think that he's, you know, doesn't have any – he has accuracy issues. Okay, um, and okay. Then, but, but another candidate for that third, that third spot could be Cameron Ward. So I would watch out for him. And then at the wide receiver position, uh, this sucks because my primary, my primary sleeper for this 2023 class 
had been Isaiah Nayor, a transfer from Wyoming ah, to Texas. Okay. Big, yes. lanky, you know, huge catch radius type type wide receiver. He went down with a uh, with an ACL injury. He's yeah, not playing this that. year. So I'm going to go back to Alabama. There I'm going to go. go back to Alabama, and I'm going to go with Jermaine Burton, who is going to be their ex wide receiver, the same position oh, that wow. Jamison Williams played last year. And it's funny how they ha- they have similar trajectories because Jamison Williams, after the spring game last year for um, Alabama. Um, Nick Saban looked around and said, I don't have any speed. He went and got right. Jameson Williams, who was the fourth wide receiver at Ohio State, and he right. had the season that he had. Well, right. uh, Jermaine Burton ran a 4 4 7. Like this, like at, well, he was the fastest yeah. man at the opening, um, coming out in his class. Extremely athletic, and that's paired with great, um, uh, broad jumps and vertical jumps. So we know that this He's guy's athleticism yeah. should be real. Was that okay? He, and he played well as a freshman, started as a freshman, but Georgia's offense isn't very explosive. Interesting. Um, at Alabama, he's going to be the primary target, and he's trying to do the same thing that Jamison Williams did last right. year. So, I, you know, gotcha. he's not necessarily a sleeper in the campus to camp community, but for right. people who are not necessarily paying attention to college, I would watch for, I believe he's number seven. He was number seven at Georgia. I think he's still number seven at Alabama. Uh, I Good would deal. watch out for Jermaine Burton. Interesting. See, I, I'm learning things already. Here I am thinking, I'm like, okay, I've, I've heard the name Ja'Cory Brooks. So I'm thinking maybe he's someone um, that could that could emerge from that wide receiver room. But you're telling me that Jermaine Burton is the guy to watch. Yeah, Ja'Cory Brooks isn't even listed as a starter uh, for Alabama. It's interesting because he came in for John Mechie last year. You would think that he right. would start, but all, the, the depth chart was released earlier this week, and they've got Kobe Prentice and Treshawn Holden starting. Ja'Cory Brooks is listed as backup. Now, we'll see how that shakes out. Right. But uh, And Ja'Cory Brooks is also a 2024 class, not a 2023. So I was kind of thinking, like, who are some people who are going to be in the NFL next year? Right, right. Absolutely. Well, first of all, that's awesome information. I, <laughs> I'm i glad because uh, here I am. Yeah, just goes to show how much I know. I, I, I'm wondering, though, if those those depth charts are kind of like the, the preseason depth charts that you get with the NFL teams where, you know, uh, Brees Hall is the, the fourth running back or something like that. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy that when when I see it. Um, let's transition real quick though, to the NFL side. Um, some guys that had some success in college, but have yet to find that level of success in the professional ranks. I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, that you just talked about, Justin Fields. Um, so who do you think out of those three, given their current scenarios, has the best chance to succeed? And maybe who has the worst chance to a uh, slim road to having success at the pro level? Uh, who has the best chance to succeed? It's not Zach Wilson. Unfortunately, despite all of his tools, I think in the preseason, and as short as his preseason was, he was making the same mistakes, and it's frustrating because I was very early on Zach Wilson. But as Matt Waldman and as J.T. O'Sullivan had, had explained, he had good results uh, his last year at BYU in terrible process, and now his terrible process is catching up with him. I mean, you shouldn't be throwing an interception on a four-yard hitch, a three-step four-yard right. hitch. You just shouldn't. 
No. In that game against the Eagles where he got injured, yes. I mean, he had like three passes. Two of them were inaccurate. One was an interception. And the interception was like, like, just, like you shouldn't be throwing an interception. So he is making the same mistakes. It's not going to be Zach Wilson. And so then we have to choose between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I People have to understand that the 2020 college football season may not have happened without Justin Fields. Just right. think about that, lead, that, lead, that leadership that it took to make that season happen. He started this just let us play campaign and kind of galvanized athletes around the country during the pandemic. I forgot about that. Um, He also transferred from Georgia to Ohio state and became a leader on the team. I mean, you can tell when you watch like the social media, their social media pages that people gravitated towards him. Right. But the bears do not like Justin Fields. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Bears, the <laughs> no. Bears do not like Justin Fields. Oh. His one issue was holding on to the ball too long. Mm. Well, the Bears had an a, a, a offensive line ranked 18th in, in pass blocking, according to PFF. What did they do to improve their, their offensive line? What did they Tear do apart. to improve? What did they do to improve? Um, Justin Fields' release time. Did they get him a slot wide receiver who can get open in the intermediate area deep? No. Did they get him, you know, a George Pickens who he can just throw the ball to even if he's covered? Yeah. No. Did they get him right. somebody like James Cook, some an outlet out of the backfield? No. So the Bears don't like Justin Fields. They got a new coaching staff there. It doesn't feel. Listen, I'm just yeah. comparing Justin Fields to like what the Bills did. With um, Josh Allen, think it's about what they did with Josh Allen without after year one. Like, all right, right, Josh Allen, he needs to see it open. So what they do, they went, they went and got one of the best separators that we have in the NFL, and Stephon Diggs. They got the slot wide receiver in Cole's Beasley, Cole Beasley. They got a uh, a veteran in Emmanuel Sanders to build around him. Think about right. what the Carolina Panthers did when they recognized the flaws in Cam Newton's game. This is guy. This is guy needs big catch radius guy. So what did they right. do? They went and got trees. Calvin Benjamin, Devin right. Funches. Yeah, hey, Greg Olson. Where's the Bears plan? Where is the Bears plan like that to build around Justin Fields to compensate for yeah. his losses? Somebody can explain sure. it because I just don't see. Yeah, it. you know, I as a Bears fan, I I am a big fan of what they're doing because it had been typical of the Bears for a long time, decades. To okay, there's a problem. Let's go throw money at it. You know, let's go fix it with with a big name that the fan base will love. You know, let's go let's go get a, a Jay Cutler. You know, let's let's go let's go get Brandon Marshall. You know, let's let's go bring someone in. Let's let's put some band aids over the rocks of our foundation. You know, let's never address the offensive line. I I like what they're doing in terms of their contracts. You know, they've gotten rid of the big contracts. You don't need to hold on to a Khalil Mack. You know, he's not going to help this team get anywhere productive. So moving him, taking a hit, you'd take a second round pick for him, sure. You know, moving some other guys. I you know, I, I like the the attempts that they're trying to to hit on some high upside guys that are being released. You know, like, sure, we haven't seen anything successful from Alex Leatherwood. But you know what? He's a first round uh tackle. Should he have been drafted in the first round? Probably not. But, you know, he he's a guy that I think the the Bears can hopefully see what he has. If he has something he's productive, sure. I mean he's We've got, we've, we've probably got the worst offensive line in the league, so why not take some shots and uh, hopefully you know we. But bring I guess in some even weapons. even you know you mentioned Leatherwood, who was recently released, and they claim on waivers. Right. 
Alex Wet- Leatherwood was not in their plans for the 2022 season. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see how they're saying we're going to make Justin Fields the best quarterback in the league. We're going to compensate for his weaknesses. I just don't see right. – their plan to do that. Sorry, listen, I'm a Lions yeah. fan. I've no. had futility. Oh, for the, you yeah. went to a okay. you went to a Super Bowl during my life. <laughs> right, we won know, one playoff game in 1992. So right, you know that's funny because that that was actually going to be one of the questions I I wanted to ask you is who your team is. So you're a Lions fan. I'm a Lions um, fan. I've been accused of being a closet Lions fan here on the show many a times because look, I am in love with what Dan Campbell is doing with that franchise. Um, I I love what what you guys are building over there. Um, I I feel like one of the more underrated moves was trading for Garrett or Jared Goff when you had, you had to give up uh, Stafford. I feel like Goff's underrated enough to, to get you to that next bump or at least be like a Jimmy G type when you put the weapons around him. So I like what you guys are doing there. That's an interesting take. That's an interesting take. <laughs> I like what I can't remember our GM's name. I can see his face. I like what he's doing. Um, sure. I am not a fan of the meathead head coach. I just I'm not. Okay. And Dan Campbell, a former Lion who was on the 2008 the 2008 0 and 16 team. Oh. Um, what I, history there. Yeah. I you know a tight end who's never been a head coach at any level. Yes, well, actually, I'm sorry. He was the interim head coach right. for the Miami for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I, we'll see, man. Like I yeah. will see. You know, <laughs> I just I don't know that that like has that model um, worked. I think that we can ar- arguably it has worked with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Right. Can we become that type of team? You talk about Jared Goff getting us over the hump. I mean, do you, you know how big that hump is? Do you know how big that's that hump is for hump. Lions fans? That's a large that's a, hump. That's a large hump. That is a yeah. large hump. Um, yeah. So I think that what they're doing, it, and I mean, they didn't draft a quarterback. They could, I mean, they could have taken Sam Howell at any time during the draft. <laughs> they could have taken Matt Corral yeah. at any time during the draft. Right. So right. I have to believe they're looking at twenty twenty. Uh, Three, which and they have right. a twenty twenty, another twenty twenty three for it. Now that's probably going to be the thirty second pick in the draft because it's the Rams draft pick. Oh, um, but 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 I do like you know what they're doing if they get you know an elite talent at the quarterback position and an elite offensive coordinator. I mean, I think that they need okay. you know somebody from the Shanahan system <laughs> or or Eric Bieniemy. I wanted Eric Bieniemy to be that the Lions head coach. A, that man needs yeah. a head coaching job. It is so it is once they get those two pieces in place, the quarterback and the you know an established offensive coordinator, because their offensive sure. line is going to be one of, one of the best in the in in the league. Their running back, right. their running game is going to be good. Their skill position players between Hawkinson and uh, DJ yeah. Chark and Jameson Williams, once he's healthy, those are. I mean, this is a great video yeah. game team, right? A and you didn't even mention Amon-Ra. Like Amon-Ra still. I didn't there. even mention Amon-Ra. I didn't mention Amon-Ra. like that's. Yeah. It, yeah, the the running backs are silly. Yeah, it, it's it. It's got some uh, some potential to be very fun, and I think you guys might be catching the NFC North. People like cheering for us because they're like, "Oh, right. that's cute! Look, they're trying right. so like, come hard. Come on, <laughs> these they're guys want to so win hard, so bad. So they, you know, they want to win so bad. But um, <laughs> I don't know that we're there yet because I just I don't know that Jared Goff elevates your team, and I don't know right. that we have the pieces on defense. I mean, the Matt Patricia era was terrible because they had defensive tackles who weren't big enough to stop the run and defensive right. ends 
who were not, you know, athletic enough to get around the edge. They had all of these tweener players, and right. we're still recovering from that. That's why Aiden Hutchinson, you know, an edge rusher right there, really big for us uh, right. at the top of the draft. We got to build through him. We still need help. We still need help stopping the run. We still <laughs> yeah. need the linebackers. We still just had to. We just released Jared Davis, who was one of our first round picks under uh, yeah, uh, Bob Quinn. So I mean, there's still like a lot of of room to grow here. I'm sorry, clean up left. Everybody loves the lovable losers, but we aren't. It's the hard knocks effect, you know. You see yeah, that. You is. see that grid. Exactly you see the is. kneecaps. Yes. You you see yes. the 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 weird comparisons to people he'll still beat. Like it's just. You want to root for him, so I, yeah. I I agree with you. But getting back to what we were talking about, that got us off on this tangent. The God is talking to the Lions. I love it. I'm here for it. So we talked about Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Does that mean you think Trevor Lawrence is most likely to succeed there? Yeah. I mean, out yeah. of those three, yeah. out of those out of those three, <laughs> I want it to be much Justin Fields. I do. I really want it to be Justin Fields. I actually, I mean, I want it to be Zach Wilson too. But I'm just kind sure. of over Zach Wilson, um, right? But uh, it's, I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Trevor Lawrence who's still, you know, if he is not shell shocked from last year, I hope not under urban Meyer, he, he might, he might be able to pull it together. He might be right. able to pull it together. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm keeping a, keeping an eye on him for sure. I, I, I think they haven't really given him superstar talent yet. ETN coming back maybe gives him the, the hand up. Um, but there's also another running back coming into his first season that the fancy community is having to decide between this year. And that's Brees Hall, the running back for the Jets. And then, of course, Travis Etienne, like, like we were just talking about. Who do you have um, probably having a more productive season fantasy-wise between those two? Um, that's a difficult question to ask because I think of it in the context of who, who would I rather roster? And I've right. never been a fan of Travis Etienne. I oh. think that he's, um, was a good player at Clemson, but I, I don't know that he has a, I can't, I, I, I'm actually surprised he was a first round pick. Um, I don't think that he's a very good pass catcher. I don't think that he has elite speed or vision. I don't know. Like what? I don't know what he offers in offense. Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Brees Hall was good in wide zone at Iowa State. You know he did test as a very good athlete, and uh, both of them had have this: the fact that they were productive. You know, at, at since their freshman years. But sure. between those two, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Brees Hall. But all, I'm also going to pr- pick Brees Hall because uh, Michael Floor, who's in. Uh, with the Jets comes from that Shanahan coaching tree, which we've seen produce a ton of uh, uh, successful running backs. I mean, not not just Kyle Shanahan, go back to Mike Shanahan. When we're talking about Clinton Portis and Orlandis Gary and Mike Anderson, like all of these guys that they took from being, uh, 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 you know, undrafted free agents to rushing for a thousand yards. Terrell Davis, you know, Terrell. Yeah. I didn't even say Terrell. Yeah. If you want to give him credit for that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, Brees Hall, is operating in that system that has produced those effect- right. effective guys. So, um, yeah, it's it's really not it's not really close to. I don't have Travis Etienne anywhere. I don't oh, have wow. Travis Etienne anywhere. Everywhere I have him. Yeah, I'm not everywhere. a fan of Travis Etienne. I think you drafted okay. you know some version of Trent Richardson. I could be wrong. I like players Ooh. doing well, so maybe 
Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a spicy take, Felix. Calling him Trent Richardson. You know what? Trent Richardson had a one great rookie season. He had a pretty good rookie season. Um, and then yeah, we never heard from him again. That guy had no field vision whatsoever. So, uh, I I man, that that's gonna hurt all of my 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 fantasy teams if that comes to fruition. So, respectfully, I hope you're dead wrong. Um, I mean, I, he's going to b- bounce it outside, try to bounce it outside every play. I just don't know that he he has the vision to be an interior runner in the NFL. Oh, I, I I hope I hope he does. I I hope I hope he does um, turn it around. Then, um, but you just mentioned you know him in a wide zone scheme. You talked about the Shanahan um, system. Do you notice any similarities between the systems run in college and maybe things that translate well into the NFL from working um, with Campus Ken? Uh, in the running game, yes. Not necessarily in the passing game. So when you look at um, what Matt Campbell does at Iowa State, if you look at what Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator at Baylor, who was at BYU, I mean, his his right. offense has been described as um, uh, like a Shanahan air raid system. So um, there are some – there are, I mean, everybody kind of runs like some version of gap, but some some emphasize. Right. I think what's really important is is what they do off of the run. So with right. like Jeff Grimes at BYU, they will run wide zone and then run wide zone play action boot, and you know get your safeties right. to come up, and they're running these these long developing uh, routes behind behind that play action because your your safeties are occupied. So um, I do I do think there are similarities in the in the in the running game however in the passing game the hashes are so different in college right. that the space is different and so that's that's a that's a big difference yeah i never i never considered that um yeah cuz the hashes are what are they are they closer together um they're in, closer in together in the NFL. In the NFL, okay. yeah. In in college, they're they're wider, so there's more. You know, you have more space on that wide side of the field. There's more space on the college, sure, in the college right. side. So I got yeah. you. I got you. Okay, I'm just trying to paint a picture in my head from when I'm, you know, because everyone likes to to consider themselves. Oh, I can, I I know. Which so if you just are just think about when you're when they're cooking a field goal in college, or excuse me, in the NFL. I mean that ball is like right there in the uprights. In college, right. when they're kicking the field, that angle might be like way, you know, ah, okay. it's way, that way different. Sense. So, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just interesting, you know, especially um, listening to the differences in the game. Uh, yeah. I, there's so many questions I have. I don't, I, you know, I don't think we're gonna have enough time to cover them all. Um, but moving on to some some other topics here, while while I've got you, you know, we talked about um, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Um, one, one team that we haven't talked about much, you know, you mentioned, you know, um, Nayor and his injury, but Texas, Texas has, mm-hmm. um, look, I've, I've been waiting for us to be back, um, ever since Sam Ellinger said we were back. Um, mm-hmm. so still on hold. Um, I have again, this irrational feeling of hope as uh as a texas um resident now and living you know in austin can you can you give me some some hope here on in, on quinn ewers hopefully i'm even pronouncing the name right i've heard it pronounced three different ways so far and 
because I'm getting really weird as a Notre Dame fan. I'm getting really, really weird, like Jimmy Clausen vibes from from Quinn Ewers. Yeah, Jimmy Clausen was not the prospect that that Quinn Ewers was. So, I mean, for for those who don't know, Quinn Ewers is the highest rated quarterback ever in the 24-7's rankings history. So Mm -hmm. there's only one other player that he compares to is that that's Vince Young. Quinn Ewers has a perfect – the rating scale is on a one scale, so like .99 is very, very high. Well, Quinn Ewers is rated a one. Wow. A one. Um, Higher than Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, Jameis Winston, Mark Sanchez. I mean, you go down the line of some of these highly rated quarterbacks. Um, I – Regardless of what I think about uh, Quinn Ewers specifically, I think Steve Sarkeesian is a very, very good play caller. I think Steve Sarkeesian, you know, whoever his quarterback would be, that they're going to have success. If you look at the combined stats of Hudson Card and Casey Thompson last year, the the starting quarterbacks for Texas, I mean, that was a very, very good player if you combine them. The problem Mm. with Texas is is I think your offensive line is terrible. It's been terrible for two years. It was terrible in the spring game last year, and I don't think that it's necessarily improved this year. And who do they have coming in week two? Oh, Alabama. We just might have the best defensive player that we've seen, you know, since Vaughn Miller-ish and Will Anderson. And they've got another uh, uh, edge rusher who they they might – I, they, they should just sit Quinn Ewers in that game because he's they're going to they're, those edges are going they're coming. Oh, they're going to have to goodness. get the ball out of his hand quickly. But is Texas back? Well, I mean, they've Man. got two elite recruits at quarterback and and one in 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 uh, Quinn Ewers now. Uh, right. Arch Manning will be there next year, and when mm-hmm. you can recruit the quarterback position, you got to win through offense in college football now. When you For can sure. recruit the quarterback position. All the other dominoes fall as far as offensive line, wide receivers, speed, running backs, because they want to play right. at a place where they're going to be elevated and they can be potential draft picks. Good point. It's hard to get that type of talent at Michigan. Sorry, yeah. it just is. It's For not sure. going to be that hard to get that type of talent at, at uh, Texas, but Sarkeesian is only in his, in his uh, second year there. So give him some right. time to kind of fortify everything around that offense and you know, let them shore up the defense, and they, they're going to have to because they're moving to the SEC here soon. So yeah. it, is Texas back? Almost. They're almost yeah. back. Hopefully almost we get back. back in time for, for getting to the SEC. You know, a lot of Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't really know what it's going to do for, like, the you know the Big 12 or, you know what, even talking about now realigning oh, these – I think the Big Twelve is going away. Or, or well, it's going same to be thing. Yeah. Same thing with uh, the was it the is it the Pac twelve? Is it the Pac twelve, Pac ten, whatever it was? It's not anymore because you've got USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten um, in a couple of years. So this whole realignment thing, uh, I don't know how much of it is to do with the NIL deals and the the TV contracts, obviously that the Big Ten just just signed. So my question to you is, where where do you think this is all going? Because we're seeing these huge seismic shifts, you know, where players like Caleb Williams just follow Lincoln Riley over to USC, like that was a shocker, and then they they load up on more talent with with Jordan Addison. So where where do you do you see this becoming kind of similar to an NFL structure where it's maybe we see a salary cap or maybe we see a 
I don't know. No, no, restriction. no, no, no. Legally, they can't have a salary cap because um, right. kind of the 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The antitrust protections right. that they have in place are related to this being like amateurism. Right. I, I'm not articulating this correctly, but oh, no, if they fine. had a if they had like a salary cap, then they would have to allow allow the players to unionize. Which right. would, which would, yeah. you know, mess not up employees, co- right? Yeah, right. Mess up college football. So, okay, I, I, it's very clear where we're headed. Is there's going to be two big conferences in the Big mm-hmm. Ten and the SEC? But is there going right. to be another big conference? I mean, we got to think about what's going to happen with Notre Dame wherever they move is going going to be get big. Notre Dame yeah. might, might not move anyway because if you think right. about the They're reason why spot. these. Yeah, well, the reason why these schools are making these moves is so they can command a higher dollar figure from the television or streaming services. We're talking right. about, I think for the SEC, it's like $75 million a year per institution uh, under yeah. their, or somewhere around there in the Big Ten, somewhere similar. You look at like a conference, like I was looking at this information earlier, like for the uh, a, for the AAC, you know, the, the right. conference with uh, Cincinnati and Houston. We're talking about, right. you know, 14 14 million. So when these schools make the jump from one of those conferences to the Big Ten or from like a, a G5 conference to a Power Five conference, it means a lot. It means a lot for the university. You might be going from making, again, $14 million a year in television mm-hmm. revenue to maybe 45 or $50 million a year. That's for incredible. The, the, but then for the Big Ten, the SEC, though, we haven't even seen what those, those numbers are going to be in the maybe oh. 90 hundred million dollar range. So For that is sure. why they are moving because we can go tell Apple TV we want 100 million dollars a yeah. year for each institution. Right. We're talking about yeah. billions of dollars. And they'll get we can go it. tell yeah, Amazon, uh M- NBC. You saw ESPN, ESPN yeah. got out of the race because they don't have the money to pay for it. And that's they don't incredible. Have the money to pay for it. <laughs> Something because like ESPN. Because yeah, so it's funny because we're going to be we're going to be watching te- uh college football probably on on apple tv on amazon because or netflix or something because those are the the platforms right the the most money and they're going to pay for it because live television is like the last thing that you can sell to advertisers because you know where somebody's going to be and they're not going to fast forward when you're watching live i mean live television is so valuable so um, yeah these these schools are are creating leverage for themselves by kind of joining forces they know what they have they know what they're worth that's some great insight because you know one i i'm a huge fan of these tech companies kind of getting into the football space we've gotten really you know I don't know what the, the complacent with the broadcast, I guess. When are we going to get like an all 22 view of a freaking game, man? Like they did, they did a, a shot like that a few years ago at a necessity when, you know, there was fog and lightning straight. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They couldn't, they, the weather. Oh man, I guess we're going to have to use the really cool camera views for when the weather's bad. And then we'll just go back to the old stuff because it's what we use most of the time. So that's what I, I would mean. like that too. I would also like I would like the all twenty two view, and I would also like the view behind the behind the quarterback because I want to see what yes. the quarterback is seeing as far as the safeties and the coverage. You know what information the quarterback is processing. Yes. I you know it takes it takes a long time for um, uh, the audience and the market to adjust to that kind of thing. So we'll probably not see it. We've been using this one view right. for however many years, and and but when they do like mega casts and stuff yeah they give the you those cast alter- and everything yeah yeah they give you those alternate views but yeah. we're probably a long way from that being man 
I want that to be the norm though, Felix. I want it. I, yeah. <laughs> I just want to be, I don't know whether it's just different and I get excited about it. Or, I mean, the view you're talking about, that's exactly the view I was talking about was the right mm-hmm. behind the quarterback. You see the play develop and then you can see the decision-making, you know, in time, you know, in real time. Um, you know, man, that's, that, that'd be fun though. Like you said, we're probably a little bit ways out of there, um, in terms of in the future. Um, real quick though, before, uh, before I let you go and don't, don't take, uh, take all of your evening. Can you, can you tell me, uh, just a couple things for this upcoming college season? What are you most excited to see, um, develop? What are some storylines that maybe you're paying more attention to as a college fan? Well, I mean, there are a lot of storylines that I'm that I'm paying attention to. Some deeper ones, some more mainstream. The mainstream ones are what you alluded to earlier: Lincoln Riley taking his brand and his offensive philosophy, all of that from Norman to to LA to Los Angeles, and can he succeed? There are people who are listening to this who don't remember USC being a powerhouse with Matt yeah. Leonard and Lindell White and Reggie Bush. You know returning punts and people not being able to catch them. They don't remember playing the NCAA video game and USC oh, just yeah. being, you know, and Mike Williams back in the day. Uh, um, yes. So that's, that, that's, uh, that's one I'm looking for. The other is, 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 you know, Alabama is considered to be this, this blue blood, this powerhouse and it is, but they've got a lot of fresh faces at the skill position, at the skill right. positions. They're coming off a, of, you know, Heisman trophy winning uh, uh, a player in, in Bryce Young. He's got, a lot of new faces there that he's going to go throw to. Are they going to be as explosive as they've they've been in, in years years past? If they had Steve Sarkeesian still there calling plays, I would say right. yeah, there's a good chance. But we're going to see what Bill O'Brien, the former uh, head coach of the Texans, what what he he can do with new players who are not established. And I'm skeptical. Uh, and then the other one is is I think that Ohio State is on a rampage given what they what they return and what they did, mm-hmm. how they finished the season last year, losing to Michigan in Ann Arbor. They destroyed uh, uh, an overmatched Utah team that was playing a running back at wide receiver. Or, excuse me, they were playing a running back at corner who was oh, guarding one of the goodness. best, best uh, wide receivers in the country. So those are the three. Those are kind of the three main storylines that I'm, that I'm looking forward to watching this and following this season. Man, there's a lot to, lot to keep track of, especially with – all the, like you said, big names changing spaces and, you know, Alabama being themselves. I'll be, I'll be interested in keeping an eye on it, man. Uh, and we'll, we'll definitely have to stay in touch as the season goes on. Absolutely. There's so much information that I want to share with our audience in regards to college and the campus Canton experience. Um, you know, thank you so much, by the way, for, for taking the time here and, and talking football with me, man. It's been no great problem. talking to you. No problem, Dustin. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Hey, no problem. Make sure, uh, everyone, that you're following Felix Sharp on Twitter at Sharp Review. You can catch him over on CampusToCanton.com. That's Campus, the number two in Canton, um, dot com. Um, and then make sure you catch him on the Better Network uh, most yes. Saturdays at 8 a.m. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. And losing sucks. Don't do it.